I was very settled into motherhood. I mean, at a very young age, I just felt like it was a very natural thing for me. And I think when I turned 21 and then discovered there's this whole other world out there, that's when it became difficult because my friends were having fun. It was sort of like out of sight, out of mind for the first couple of years of being a mom because my friends were in college and I just focused on you know, my life here in town and we were renting a house and I had this part-time job and really happy just being home and being a mom. And I kind of thought that that would be it for me. I just remember vividly going out into the old port in Portland, Maine, which is a fabulous little city and realizing there's this whole other life that I had never been exposed to. That was when it became sort of hard for me because my friends continued to have fun and I always had to balance it. You're listening to the MILF Podcast. This is the show where we talk about motherhood and sexuality with amazing women with fascinating stories to share on the joys of being a MILF. Now here's your host, the MILFiest MILF I know, Jennifer Tracy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host. Welcome back, you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm still like high from the live show. It was so much fun and I can't wait to do the next one. I'm already making plans. Yeah, it was just so much fun. Christina Grants and all the other dancers who came to pole dance kind of blew everyone's minds. It was pretty epic. Along with that, in, in speaking of that, I want to thank this week's episode sponsor, Serpent Lane. Serpent Lane is an online lingerie store at serpentlane.com that provides size-inclusive, affordable, fun, and provocative lingerie for every woman. And I own many, 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 many pieces from there. I love shopping there. She also, if you sign up for the newsletter, you get special discounts often. She's very generous with the discounts or free shipping. And her stuff is just fun. It's just fun. And it's fun to play with that. And it's fun to get pieces like that for yourself and just wear them under your everyday clothing. We don't have to buy lingerie and save it for, you know, a night when we're going to plan to wear it for our partners. Like that's fun too, but it's actually more fun just to wear it for ourselves. MILF listeners get an exclusive 15% off their order with the code MILF15. Go check it out, serpentlane.com. Thank you so much, Serpent Lane, for sponsoring this episode of MILF Podcast. Really couldn't do it without you. So grateful. And today on the show, we have the beautiful, the amazing MJ Grant. One of the things that is such a gift for me about doing the show is that I've gotten to meet women that I would normally never get to connect with. I've met women from all over the world, from Australia, London. MJ is on the other side of the US. And if it weren't for the incredible, amazing Jennifer Pasteloff, who referred MJ to me, I don't know that we would have connected. And we did. And I just love her so much. She's just this incredible, passionate, alive, vibrant woman with so much wisdom to share and so much depth. I know you're going to love this episode. So Please enjoy my talk with MJ Grant. Hi, MJ. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to meet you. I feel like I know you. Oh, yeah. I, I've been watching your stuff and, you know, following you on Insta. And I just love Aww. you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I love you too. We met through Jen Pasteloff, which is amazing. She had messaged me and said, 
get this woman on your show. And um, I reached out to you right away and you responded yes. And I was so thrilled. Yeah, that was really wonderful. Jen's wonderful. She's great with connecting. She's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, she really is. First of all, what does MJ stand for? Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Yeah. Okay. I figured. Yeah. And where are you from originally? Maine. I actually live in the same town I grew up in. Sanford, oh, Maine. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's unusual. I mean, these days, usually most people like migrate elsewhere. Oh, I know. I've been a mom though since I was 19. So I really couldn't go anywhere. So I've been, I've, I've settled here in town and a lot of people who grew up here tend to stay here. Yeah. So you, wow. So tell me about that. You became a mom at 19. Right. Yeah. What was that like? How did it happen? I mean, I know how it happened, but like <laughs> the logistics of it. Yeah, I fell in love in high school and oh. he was older than I am and or I was and he's still older, obviously. But we he was my first love. And I'll tell you, you know, it's like the moment I felt that that was it. It was like an oh. addiction. It was like and I'm not with him at this point, but, you know, we still are in each other's lives. My son is 24. Um, wow. And yeah, I don't know. I We did not plan on having a child. That was not mm-hmm. the plan. In fact, after high school, I had moved, you know, to Rhode Island and worked in, for the summer and thought I was going to settle down there and go to college and all that stuff. And and then I, I just felt like I needed to be back here. And I came back home and we continued our relationship. And a few months later, I was pregnant. So that sort of defined um, my path for a long time. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say. <laughs> for a yeah. really long time. While all my friends were going off to college, I was having a baby. You know? And what was that like, being the only one of your friends that was a, a mother, a new mother? Well, you know, at first... It was really wonderful because I was very settled into motherhood. I mean, at a Mm. very young age, I just felt like it was a very natural thing for me. And I think Mm. when I turned 21 and then discovered there's this whole other world out there, that's when it became difficult because my friends were having fun. It was sort of like out of sight, out of mind for the first couple of years of being a mom because my friends were in college and I just Mm. focused on you know, my life here in town and we were renting a house and I had this part-time job and really happy just being home and being a mom. And I kind of thought that that would be it for me. I just remember vividly going out into the Old Port in Portland, Maine, which is a fabulous little city and realizing there's this whole other life that I had never been exposed to. That was when it became sort of hard for me because my friends continued to have fun and I always had to balance it. And I have sort of this addictive personality and so sort of addicted to love and addicted to, you know, something I have hyper-focused stuff, you know, going on. So once I get into something, I get really hyper-focused. So I could not do all of the stuff my friends were doing because I had to be home and be a mom. And at that point, it sort of like was the split for me in my relationship because I realized I am not going to, I'm, this is not my existence forever. I can't, you know, I mean, being the same person since I was 16 years old. And it was like, I just saw a different path for me. So we split off, but obviously we are, you know, still co-parented. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I spent the next few years kind of floundering and trying to balance you know, life and being able to have fun, balanced with work, balanced with being a mom and trying not to feel guilty. So I look back at those years and the guilt was real. 
Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me more about that. So when you say guilt, like guilt over what specifically? When I had my son, I thought, this is it. I'm going to be that stay at home mom, you know, work a few hours a week, just continue to have more children, get married. And then my path changed. I just had a really hard time with the idea of, you know, when he was with his father, I would go out. And then the next day I'd be exhausted. Then he'd come back to my house and I'd have to be a mom and I'm tired. I wanted to go out. I wanted to have fun. I want to start a career. I didn't go to college. What am I going to do? You know, it was like I was just confused. And I really looked up to some amazing moms who were just settled in their lives. And I didn't feel settled at all. But I loved being a mom. So it was like, why can't I just make this my whole life? I you know, grappled with that for years. So you felt guilty because you were deviating from your original idea of what you thought it was going to be. So you basically, you felt guilty for like being authentic to yourself. I'm just saying that because I think so many people need to hear that. It's like, you know, and and Jen has said this too, like you're allowed to change your mind, but we're not really taught that, you know, you know, so I think that's so interesting. And what changed for you? you know, or did it change that you were able to kind of not make peace with it, but just go forward with this sort of new vision of life for yourself? Did some event happen or? Um, It was not one event. It was a series of events. It was a series of, of heartache and, um, and just a lot of, uh, really pushing through different obstacles, you know, and it was, I mean, I'm 44 now. And I can look back. I have a very close relationship with my son. I now have four children and um, ranging from 24 to five. So my five-year-old daughter is, you know, she's sort of like the grandchild of the family. But I think I look back <laughs> and I, I, it was just a matter of going through. I'm sort of like a butterfly, I guess, and maybe even a hummingbird. I know that, uh, who is it, Elizabeth um, uh, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert. That, that butterfly and the hummingbird or jackhammer, you know, and I'm that, I'm the hummingbird, you know, so yeah. I kind of like dabble in things and, um, and I feel a little bit like a butterfly in ways, but I felt like I needed to stay grounded in this town, in this house. I've been in this house since, you know, I, my son was a baby, um, moved out for a little bit, but then came back in this house and purchased it. In, uh, so it's mine, you know, it's been mine ever since, but I think going through a series of relationships you know, more children and establishing my, myself as, as a professional, you know, establishing my career, still managing to balance fun with career, with being a mom, with being able to travel and, and navigating through all of that. Um, it, it hasn't been easy. Mm. And I think recently over the past, I feel like over the past few years, it's, it feels as if, the floodgates opened and Mm. everything I I locked inside of me, Mm. um, the guilt and all of those things just, it just came flooding open. And and it, I can't describe it as anything other than uh, a process of, of kind of um, expanding and Mm. accepting and, and, and acknowledging and all of that stuff, you know, Mm. things I'm not proud of. And, I've talked openly with my, with my son, you know, since he's been very young and we, we, you know, we talked about what was it like for you being young, you know, with a mom who was still trying to figure things out. Um, 
you know, I never ran into, I didn't, I never ran into addiction issues or, or things like that. It wasn't like that. Yeah. It was just a lot of, I, I should be this way, but I'm this way. And, and, oh mm. gosh, what's the perception of me? And what do people think mm. about me? And it was a lot of fear mm. around worrying about what people thought. I've sort of gone through a metamorphosis. Something came up for me last year that brought things up for me again in terms of my uh, shame. I felt mm. shame around, mm. you know, not being with the same, you know, man for all those years, not, you know, having the same father for the children and mm. a lot of shame. And I, mm. and it was very, it was very clear to me that I had not resolved the shame I felt years ago because it came back up after years of not feeling it. And, right. and that sort of started that this kind of uh, journey. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of heartache and and hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it sounds like within that you found a career that you. And yeah. what is the career? I'm a sign language interpreter. I started doing that when I was 21. When I had to, because I, you know, my my partner and I had split up, and I was a single mom. So right, better do this. So, but the reason that you are a sign language interpreter is very interesting because your mom. Yes. is deaf. Yeah, both of my parents are. Both yeah. of your parents are deaf. So you were raised with this. And mm -hmm. are you an only child? Do you have siblings? No, I have an older sister. She's an about sister. a year and a half older. Yeah. Okay. So being raised in that kind of environment and your mom, like, I, I want to meet your mom. I can't wait to meet your mom one day. Like, yeah. I want to come to Maine and just yes, meet her. Because when I see the videos of the two of you, and there was one of you guys walking on the path with your daughter, mm -hmm. and she had the bike. And you, you said, somehow I got the bike and the basket and that. And like, they're off running and having fun. But it was so sweet. And um, so, <laughs> so, you know, what was it like growing up? in an environment where, I mean, did you, I mean, you just learned sign language probably from the time you could yeah. talk and walk and right, that it was, was like a second language for you. It was, it's sort of part of my first, right? So it's a hodgepodge right. of language. I guess I grew up with, you know, there was some spoken language because we had, you know, been around daycare or whatnot mm -hmm. and watched Sesame Street. But, uh, mm -hmm. Sign language was the primary language used mm -hmm. in our home. So really I grew up with both. You know, wow, that's right? amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so then you just became, um, not just, then you became a sign language inter interpreter out of necessity because you were like, I, I need to make a living and I have this skill. Well, I actually always wanted to be one. You did? And, okay, yeah. interesting. And back in the day, back in the day, <laughs> um, <sighs> I never really saw sign language interpreters. So I don't really know where, you know, the idea came from. But because it was just a natural thing for me to always interpret for my parents growing up, I started interpreting for them when I was, I mean, pretty much at the point in which I could talk, making phone calls for them. There weren't, wow. you know, there weren't video phones back then. And it was, sure. really, you know, tough for them to use the TTY relay service. And it was slow and easier to just have your kids do it for you. So, sure. you know, um, I did a lot of that growing up, but I always wanted to be an interpreter or a singer. I just can't sing. Mm. So that's a problem. And it didn't, right? And my parents were so encouraging. They're like, yes, you go. Oh. You know, you try. And oh. like, oh, you can't hear my voice. But I really was like, I'm going on Star Search, you know. I oh, mean, my God. It. Star I, Search? Star I, Search? I, I forgot about Star Search. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Oh, gosh. So I, um, I had never really seen an interpreter. But in high school, I explored some options for interpreter training programs. And, um, and then, you know, I don't know why I didn't just go for it then. I kind of just mm. wanted to do my own thing, go on my own path. And sure. Um, but 
I kind of, yeah. So, and so at 21, you know, I, I called the deaf school and I'm yeah. like, you guys need, uh, like volunteers or something. I wanted to get into figuring out how to, I could be, a, how I could become an interpreter. And they happened to have a superintendent at the time who was the first deaf superintendent ever hired. Yeah. And he said, actually, I'm looking for, uh, an interpreter at somebody who is my designated interpreter. And I'm like, well, I don't have any training, you know? And, yeah. um, and but I got hired and don't ask me why I was really lucky he uh, was able to kind of train me a little bit as we went along he was he was wonderful to work with and I was fortunate enough to work with a lot of other professional interpreters who were willing to work with somebody who had zero training but had a good attitude and had grown up using sign language you know so back then it that was sort of how you came into the field interesting now it's different, you know, so, but I got, I got lucky in that way. And I just had a lot of, um, you know, it was the right timing for a lot of things and yeah, yeah. How I got into it. And you yeah. just continued on, did you work at the college or at the school? I worked at the deaf school for a while. Yeah. And then I moved on and I started interpreting in a public school setting where they had uh, one deaf child. And I, that was slightly depressing and hard mm-hmm. to watch. Um, and wonderful at the same time because it afforded me the opportunity to get continue to practice and hone in on my skills, my storytelling skills in ASL, and mm-hmm. um, you know because there's a lot of stories being read when you're in kindergarten. But I was sure. that child's language model, you know, oh, and so oh. it's like you know there's a lot of pressure for that and isolation. Yeah. You know, you see when you're the only you're witnessing one deaf child in mm. you know an environment where they're all hearing. Sure. And, so then, and then I decided to freelance and, and, you know, was welcomed into the community. Um, they opened their arms to me and, uh, they, they kind of took me under their wing and yeah. I freelanced. And then years later, I had been an interpreter for several years. I decided to open up my own referral service. And so I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. So establishing yeah. my career, you know, it just continues. It just keeps sure. going and I keep it's evolving. Yeah. 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 It's That's really amazing. Yeah. And somewhere along there, you met someone who, are, are you still with the father um, of your, I'm with my husband, Jesse. Yes. And Jesse. He's, yes. Oh, yeah. We and, actually and, went to high school together. Oh my God. I know. Isn't that I so like, that. It's so, like small town stuff, you know, it's so cute. Well, but it makes sense when you yeah. live, you know, a, a smaller town. I mean, it just makes sense. So, yeah. and there's something nice about that. I think there's something really comforting about that. There is like to know that. someone's roots. You mm-hmm. know. We were friends in high school. We used yeah. to hang out and you know, we hung yeah. with the same crowd and yeah. Yeah, And so then you guys started a family. Yeah, we started our family. We have our, so he is, Jesse and I have Alana together. He hadn't had children. And so I was done having children because clearly I wasn't being, I wasn't successful at having a relationship, you know, for um, more than five years at a time. Um, I think what I had this habit of doing was just sort of painting this picture on somebody I would meet. And I would say this this is what I need, right? Mm. I mean, I, how many of us? I think can, so many you know, people can relate to that. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, right. Pro- this is what projection. I need. Yeah. Oh, incredible! And then when it was like, you wait a minute, you're you're not what I painted you to be. Why? Right. And then and then you go through the years of struggle of trying to make them that way, totally, and totally. you know that. Um, and it, that's been a lot of the the that's been a huge part of my path. Um, mm. You know, love is sort of an overarching theme in my life. Mm. And um, it's been really interesting. It's been an interesting journey in that way. 
And so Jesse and I, um, we connected about 10 years ago, reconnected after not seeing each other for years. And at that point, it was like, you know, there was no, I had no intentions of ever, you know, marrying again. I had um, been married once and Mm -hmm. I had no intentions of ever getting married again. It was like, clearly I'm not good at this. I have, you know, I, I have issues. (laughs) I'm not able to make Mm. it last. You know, I keep doing Mm. the same thing. And, um, and then that shifted for me. It shifted. It took a while. We were together for about four or five years before we got married. And, Mm. you know, he's been wonderful and we're friends. That's the thing, Mm. you know, and it, it hasn't come without hardship. I mean, trust me, you know, there, you know, you have to work at not repeating cycles, right? And that's been, that's what's been growth for me. So is that what you attribute the change to? Yes, just absolutely. Yeah. It's easy to fall back into the same cycle and it's easy to create the same story. Yeah. It's easy, you know, but at some point you have to say to yourself, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, what is this about? And, and you know, I used to sort of define it superficially and now it's like, no, this is really, I have to go back. I have to go so I've been going through a process. I, I have a, an amazing spiritual counselor, life coach guy in Canada. And mm. we Zoom every week. And talk about breaking open. Mm. I mean, it is, it's really to go back to in, even infancy. Yeah. You know, some yeah. people don't buy into that, but it, it's true. You, you, you really have to go back and yeah. open those doors that you locked up. Yeah. You know, because it stays in you. You know, it's yeah. like, so I'm unlocking doors and yeah. in doing so, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's been incredible. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. And just, you know, to speak to the emotion that's coming up now, like mm-hmm. it's so resonant and deep in our bodies, you know, and these it, things that, that, that are part of our tapestry, that are part of our cellular makeup, you know, from the time that we're born and, and you're so right. Like if it doesn't get if it doesn't move somewhere, then it does stay stuck, but it doesn't go away and it's going to bubble up at some point. It's just a matter of what match is going to light that flame. That's going to set that thing on fire. And then you're going to go, ah, that's, that's on fire. There it is again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 So that's so great that you've found, um, a coach. I mean, I'm such a big, 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 big advocate of outside help. And and that Mm. for me, that encompasses whatever works for you know, the person, like if it's traditional, you know, talk therapy, if it's, you know, Kundalini yoga, if it's a life coach, if it's, I mean, all those things are wonderful. And I think it's just kind of clicking into what works for you. And absolutely. um, so I think that's so wonderful. And to find that person that can witness you and hold space for you and help you open the thing and feel safe. And right. And, and, and it feels cheesy, right? At first you feel cheesy. Like I'm, I'm, you know, honoring the, the little girl who wasn't, you know, who, who had a need that wasn't, it feels cheesy. And then, sure. but when you allow yourself to go through that process and uh, it's, it's pretty miraculous and, yes. um, and, and, and you just, I feel like I'm expanding more and more. And I look back on the women I connected with throughout my life in the field I work in. We have many, many women who practice yoga and meditation and yep. um, they're just really evolved human beings, right? And, yeah. they, and they like to talk life deep stuff, you know, and yeah. I really, I need that. I've always needed that. I've always been yep. a curious person. And so I've 
really connected to very strong women throughout my career as an interpreter. So they were a huge help for me yeah. along the way. Yeah. And um, But if I hadn't, I don't really know if I could do this process the way I'm doing it now. Sure. Um, it, it just feels a little bit like, you know, woo-woo stuff, you know, people get, people sort of make fun of that. And, uh, you yeah. know, how, how embraced is that really in the greater society? I think it's more embraced now, but maybe not so much where I am. I'm not quite sure, sure you know. Um, I think sometimes I, I don't necessarily, I, there are times I don't, I feel like I don't fit, you know, with, yeah, yeah you know, I mean, when people aren't willing to go there and, you know, they think, yeah. oh, she's too deep. She's too intense. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, MJ, there she is. She's having that deep conversation with somebody again, you know, and sure. Um, but sure. It, Well, and it sounds like you're drawing to you. I mean, just this conversation is evidence that you're drawing to you the depth that you need to experience. And I just want to circle back for a minute to, you know, when we started the conversation and you were describing yourself as a young mother and that feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't be this way. I should be this way. Like it feels like you're carving out a new path in that regard of like, no, I, I actually am this way and I'm going to just be this way. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, yes. And you're either on board with it or you're not and it's okay. And mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, you know, yeah. and there's something so freeing in that. And I, I know for me and, and part of the reason I started the podcast and, and also just an experience in talking to all the amazing women I've spoken with, something happens in, I don't know, like your late thirties, early forties. And this is a generalization, but it's kind of to where it's like, you kind of just say, fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. I have, I have a voice. I have, uh, I have a point of view that's mine and it's, it's valid and it's worthy and And it it helps people. And it's okay. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work for, it was, it's a lot of work for me to get there. I think I'm, um, on a number of levels, there's, it's complicated for me because I'm part of two worlds, right? Sure. So I grew up in the deaf world and I also grew up in the hearing world. And so I'm constantly kind of being mindful of, of, of honoring both and not offending, you know, one or the other and not, Mm. and, and wanting to show my solidarity, you know, Mm. to, to both. Mm-hmm. And um, that put, that has really, I think, in some ways, uh, been good fertilizer, good good material for growth. Sure. And in other ways, it's also continues to be a barrier in some ways, and it, yeah. it still is that um, that that fear of yeah. okay, because I know once I let go, uh, the moment I let go, I I feel. I genuinely feel like an eagle. I mean, I'm just like, mm. Whoa, you know, yeah. ha- and it's incredible. And then, uh, it's, what is that? Like foreboding joy, you know, and then all of a sudden you mm. have this moment of, Oh, I can't, Oh no, I shouldn't celebrate that. Mm. You no. Know, right. Mm. I can't celebrate that. So it's this process I'm going through. Yes, you should yes. <laughs> you celebrate who yes. you are and all yes. of your beauty because you really yeah. are, you know, you're amazing. And, but no, oh, that's really arrogant. Do yeah. That. You know, I, and it's those perceived limitations that yes. really s- stop us from from going for whatever it is. And I think, mm. you know, it's, I'm just going to use an example from my real from my my real life, not my fake life, my real life from my own life is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, so my son 
struggles with anxiety quite a bit and, and it was okay for a while. And then it's kind of rearing its, its head again. And, you know, he's so brave, so amazing. He's not, he'll be 10 in July. So he's nine. Oftentimes we have these deep conversations at bedtime. He wants to crawl into bed after he's done all of his, you know, 80 jumping jacks. Like he's got to yeah, move around and yeah. get all the energy out. And then yeah. he gets to bed. He says, let's talk mom. And mm. the other night he had kind of a breakdown and, and he said, I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm broken. You know, I don't want to go to school, but I know it's a good school. And I don't, I don't, he couldn't figure it out. And it was that moment of, I don't want to feel this way because I don't think anyone else feels this way. And it's not okay for me to feel this way. And I feel so grateful that, and this is in no way being like, oh, I'm a good parent or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just sharing this experience to like, for other parents, you know, who might be going through this or that they can apply it to themselves. I had the wherewithal to say, you're not broken. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm. Everything you're feeling is okay and normal. Yes. And in fact, it's good because it's leading you to yourself and to the yeah. solution. And right. I'm here to support you in yeah. finding a solution. Yeah. And I said, would you be willing to go see your therapist again? Because he had a therapist before and he said, Oh, I would. Maybe that would help. Maybe that's like, great. I'll call her. And anyway, we went to her yesterday and it was immensely helpful and uncomfortable for him. Right. Also uncomfortable. But it's like, that's the stuff, right? Yeah. It's sitting with our partners, sitting with our children, sitting with our friends, sitting with our coworkers in the discomfort and saying, this is okay. Yes. This is part of it right. instead of, oh, clean that up really fast. Clean it up. Oh, I don't God. want anyone to see that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I went through that phase too. Oh. You know, I, I, did, I went through the phase of clean it up. You know, you got to be positive. Yeah. You got to, yes. it's, it's all in your mind and, yeah. and all of these things. And it's like, yes, it's in our mind, but it's because it's locked in our bodies because it's, you know, there's something yes. that, that we're holding, right? And yes. so to have somebody hold that space for you is is really wonderful. And, and if it, it if we could do that for everyone, right? Yeah. If, and then people could do that for us. Yeah. Uh, just, just hold that space and honor it and not have an expectation. I, you know, I, I've had to let go of expectations. I mean, why should I hold an expectation of my children yeah. to do something that I did not do? Right. Myself. Right. You know, so I'm, I, you know, I'm going to sit with them and I'm going to, I'm going to walk their path with them, sure. you know, and, and, and allow that them to guide you know, yeah. the, 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 the walk and um, be there to support them. But, you know, you say, it's not to say, you know, you're a good mom, you are a good mom. And, and, you know, we're all doing the best we can. And, and yeah. I think my oldest son, Shane has seen all of my stages, right? Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> the stage where it was like, I did the prescribed parenting. Oh, you're supposed to discipline this way, you sure. know, or, or tried the Ferber method, you know, let sure. the baby cry it out. And then I, I went to the, oh, everything is just Pollyanna and just right. wonderful. And yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, it's, you, can, you can make yourself feel amazing by just telling yourself you're amazing. You know, I, and then I, so he's seen me go through all of these stages. And, and, it's, and, and this one by far has him calling me the most and saying, Mom, mm. I need your ear. Oh. I, I need your ear, Mom. I know when I call you, and I can't. I I feel so honored that he says this. I know when I call you, you're gonna you're, you're going to help me get to that space of you know it's like clarity. Oh. And that are you kidding wow. me? I will do That's the, everything exactly. I would go through the same thing all over again. All of the heartache and all that you know 
the turmoil and the guilt and all of that to hear that. Totally. Because he's 24. And uh, I wasn't saying that at 24 to my mother, you know? And No, me neither. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't I don't say it now. <laughs> no, I, don't either. <laughs> I love my mom so deeply and I go yeah. to her for other things and she is yeah. the most gentle, kind, loving person. I, I mean, I just adore my mom and I don't have in inappropriate expectations on her. I love her exactly as she is, but but like you, you know, I would put these expectations on people. I mean, I did it to my ex-husband. Right. You know, and oh. um and it's just, it doesn't, but I had to go through that. Like you were saying, I just had to go through this path and like have the disappointments and have the discomfort in right. order to grow. And I think yeah. that's so crucial mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's like my son with his discomfort. And it's like you going through all these different things and the different relationships, like that has to happen for growth. There's no, yes. I think we're just sold this, this rotten bill of goods that like, well, if you're very attractive and uh, you're very, you know, if you just get everything clean and in a row and you have the right clothes and everything, like, you will never feel pain. Yeah. Buy the right, buy this product and you will never feel pain. It's like, oh, it's no, you're going to feel pain. It's just part of the yeah. human experience, you know, yeah. you know, Jen's book on being human. It's like, oh, that's part gift. of it. You know, what a gift that is. I mean, and the perfect timing. I've been waiting for that thing to come I can't out forever. Wait. Like, I, can't I, wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Yes. And I have all my friends, you know, like we're all on board with this. And yes. But but I I will, you know, I I don't know. I I feel like in going through this process, it's also I talk about how incredible it is to feel like more vast. Mm -hmm. And also, like you said earlier, it starts attracting these people in your life. Yes. Who are you're my people. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wait. You love people too the way I do. You know, yes. you can talk to a total stranger and literally look in their eyes and feel love. Yeah. I, and not, I don't mean it always has to be romantic love. It's that, yeah. oh my gosh, your heart. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and other people will say, why do you, why are you doing that? What's just like walk past them. Don't give that person the time mm. of day. They're crazy or they're this or they're that. Mm. I, I can't, and I've never been that way. I've always been one to want to spend time with strangers mm. and ask questions and, and just look in their eyes and, you know, experience them, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I finally have accepted that too, because yeah. I thought that was weird. I was told that was weird. Mm. You're creepy. You're, why sure. are you staring in this person's eyes? Sure. <laughs> it's weird. And sure. it's not weird. Yeah. It's not weird at all. Yeah. And know? I think those limitations that are placed on us come from a well-intended place of, somebody else's fear. Like, so when I can look at, we can listen to that story and say, okay, I'm imagining you as a little girl. You're my little girl, let's say, and you're seven years old and you're like, I want to look in this man's eyes. And I'm like, no, you know, like it's easy to say, and I'm just using, I've just obviously made that up. I don't know, but it's easy to jump to that and not be able to, especially if it wasn't given to us, not be able to support like, oh, well, you know, that doesn't feel safe to me. But what are other options or why are you drawn to that? Or can we talk about that? Or let's explore that. Or, you know, I always say like when I allow myself to be curious and interested instead of 
have like Mm. contempt prior to investigation and Uh just be afraid and shut down. Uh Like the most amazing things happen because Uh I'm able to like open my mind and open my heart and just go, Oh my God, I would have missed that. You know, I would have, I would have really missed that. But you know, there, it is a balance. Like you said earlier, like it, that's, um, Uh there, there are safety concerns in life, you know, we can't just, but also it's like, how do we, how do we get curious about something instead of just wanting to shut it down? Also, because I got to tell you, I mean, I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired. I'm emotionally exhausted from yesterday with my kiddo and I'm so glad I was able to be there for him, but I am just whipped. And so Uh I have to balance that and go, okay, I'm going to, you know, lay down this morning and do a meditation. I'm going to yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not easy. Oh, it's not easy. But it's not it's easy not. doing it the other way either and shutting it off. That does not easy. Either. There is no, no. easy is oh, basically the God. takeaway. <laughs> there, there is no easy. And yeah. sometimes, you know, but I will say that, you know, I, I get fed from, from having those moments with people. Um, yeah. And I used to feel, feel like it was draining in some way mm. um, to be, there were moments I would feel you know, so once I allowed society to creep in and, and, and I felt that sort of like embarrassment about who I am, then it became draining. You uh, know, so, so I couldn't deal with people's emotional stuff because it became too draining. Right. And, but then doing this work, there, it, it doesn't feel draining. It right. feels, it feels like it's open. Nourishing. You know? yeah. yeah. Nourishing yeah. And, and feeding my soul and just material for fertilizer for my yes. garden. Yes. Uh, yeah, oh my gosh. And and my daughter, I love, I don't know, I've always had this this way of connecting with at some point, usually every decade, I, I adopt a teenage girl. Okay. Aww. So and I, I don't really adopt them, but they're I'm right. Like, you take them under your wing. Yeah, yes. I take them under my wing. And I've done this uh naturally throughout the past thirty, you know, I thirty, wait, I'm forty four. Well, okay, twenty years <laughs> of my life. Okay, let's do the math here. I'm saying, whoa. And um that for a while was viewed as a little bit strange. Like, why is, you know, why is anybody spending so much time with this, you know, teenage girl? Like, she needs to grow up. And you mm. know why? Because I had that as a child. I had my Aunt Charlene, who was my everything. And she sort of took me under her wing. And, yeah. um, but this process of doing that and sitting with a teenage girl who is, there are days when, when she just wants to throw herself down and yeah. weep. Sure. And, and being there with her and weeping with her and telling mm. her, it's okay. I'm yeah. here and, and this is normal. Yeah. And this is you cleansing and purging and yes. doing all that work that most people don't do. Yeah. You know, that, that makes you feel like you are strange and there's yeah. something wrong with you. Yeah. You're cleansing and let's keep doing that. You know, yeah. let's keep doing So I don't feel drained from that. I mm. feel fed from that. So after a long conversation yesterday with this particular, you know, surrogate of mine who I absolutely adore, I came home and I got up on my computer and I was doing work and my husband came in the house and said, you need to go out and deal with Alana, my five-year-old. She's in the car and she's mad at me and she doesn't want to come out. And I, my, immediately de- my immediate default was, I can't, I can't, I can't deal. I can't do it. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with the what I had been through that day in talking to you know this person. It had to do with the other things in my life that were actually draining me, which is work yeah. that's yeah. draining me right sure. now. You know, but the emotional piece of of being able to connect with another human being and and sit in that space with them feels rejuvenating for me. And I and yeah. I don't know where it came from in that moment, but I said to myself, 
okay, MJ, you got this. Like you, mm. this is your thing. This is what you're good at. Get mm. up, go outside, like go of work. That's mm-hmm. draining you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not your five-year-old, not this 17 year old girl work. So mm-hmm. go and, and do what feeds you. And, and it was a matter of a few minutes and, you know, of holding her and validating mm. her and being with her. Mm. Right. And mm. not trying to hurry the process along. Okay. Mommy's busy. Yes. I got work. I got to yes, yes. 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 That just quelled her. It was like, it's so hard to to do that though, because we do have these things. We do have the laundry and the things mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I'm getting incrementally better at just saying, you know what? My son's my priority because I, it would just be like, I've given, I would just have this almost like, I hate, I hate to use the word martyr, but I've given so much. I need time for myself or anything, you know, and it, it's like, well, okay. But you know, the fact is he's only going to be nine once. He's only gonna be nine for two more months. Right. And like, this is so crucial. It's the most important thing. And you know, like yesterday I, I, when I was able, I'm able to do this, but I canceled my whole day so that I could take him to therapy. And I'm glad that I was there for that. And I could talk to the therapist and be there and then sit outside and wait for him. And, you know, there's just nothing more important now that is coming from a very, like, I have the means to do that. I have the situation that I can do that. I know there are, you know, there are people that can't do that, Uh Uh you know, but I think it's just, like you said, it's finding that space to really let go of the things that ultimately big picture aren't, aren't important. And aren't like urgent, you know? Yeah. I mean, my husband folding the towels the wrong way. I, I, I don't want to go. Like, I don't need to follow behind him and refold the freaking towels. Like, MJ, let it go. Go, you know, go spend a, an extra five minutes with your kids. That's hysterical. Towels are okay, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the laundry, right, it's going to be there. And yeah, it's yeah. going to add up. But the laundry is not a human being, right? Right. And, and the laundry doesn't have an energetic impact on the world. Right. We have the energetic impact. Our children do. So, you know, how do I want to be in the world? Do I yeah. want my laundry to be folded exactly the right way because that looks good and has zero right. energy to it? I mean, maybe I'm like, maybe it shifts my energy in some right. way, my energy field. but. Or do I really want to, you know, you work on my energy field with uh, with people, with my children, my with yeah. my, you know, my spouse and my mom? Yeah. I mean, that's another challenge. My mother is deaf, yeah. and she lives with us. Mm-hmm. And my mother in law is hearing, and she lives with us too. So we have mm-hmm. two moms who are living wow. with us, and and I'm always sort of like in the midst of navigating communication with yeah. them, and and um, all of that, and having to deal with that piece, having to deal with the dementia that looks very different on both ends. You know, they both have it and it looks different for both of them. So all of that, um, the thought of it, which is part of why I went through this whole thing last year, like the thought of doing it felt exhausting, but then actually doing it when I'm present with it and, and honoring it, it actually feels like it's feeding me. And, and you can probably see that from the video. I had a video go viral on the Yeah, internet. let's talk about that. So yeah. can you tell me about that? How did that happen? What was the impetus for you to do that and post it? And then what happened? Oh, well, I am addicted to, I told you I have hyper-focus issues, addiction stuff going on here with, you know, having to record everything. And I want to mm-hmm. take pictures of everything. I want to capture every moment. And so I always leave my, my I used to leave my phone 
camera on all the time in the car when I would be in the car with my parents, because both of my parents have things going on. So my father has something going on that's causing him to decline and my mom Mm -hmm. with her dementia. So anytime I'd be in the car with my parents, I would record the entire ride. And, um, and I also did that for my children. A lot of our conversations, I would just keep that, that phone running and Mm -hmm. wow, it's really great to look back on. I'm going to do something with this because I have such great material. That's really fun. I happened to be that day. I happened to take my mom for a ride to the beach and I, you know, recorded the whole way, recorded the whole moment of sitting at the beach, you know, in the car. And she had just moved in with me about a month before she had, she had lived with me a couple of years ago. And then she, uh, we moved her into an, an assisted living memory care facility. And then we ran out of money because those places are expensive. It was isolating. Yeah. Um, despite, you know, the good nature of all the people there, it was really isolating for her. And so we went broke basically too. And so yeah. we moved her into my house and, um, hadn't been witness to how, uh, severe her dementia has become, you know, had become at that point. And when we were sitting there, she started talking about, you know, this is really fascinating too, Jen, is she started talking about things that she has clearly locked in mm. her body, which was what it was like for her as a mother. Uh. And and witnessing her two daughters fighting and not being able to, you know, to mm. deal with that. And and she repeats that story over and over and over and over and over again. So, in the, but that day was one of the first times that I noticed she was talking about Luann and Mary Jane. She still calls me Mary Jane. She was talking about Luann and Mary Jane in a way as if they weren't there, uh-huh. right? And she, so, is that third person? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Second person. Whatever. Yeah. Third person. Yeah. You so, got it. So she was talking about um, me, and yeah. I realized. Wait a minute. She's talking about me, and as if I'm not here. Right. And then, it, and then I said, "Where is MJ?" Yeah. And she said, "I, I don't know. I haven't seen her in so long." Uh, and and that was one of the first times that that had happened. Um, even though it, it was starting to happen here and there, but the way that kind of transpired was unique. Yeah. And that's why I decided to post it. The moment she kind of came to realizing. When and it was the way she signed it too. She said, "I birthed you." Wait, I, and then she signed, "Birth." Mm-hmm. She pointed to me, and mm-hmm. and with this face that was like, "What? Mm. I'm yours. You're mine." Uh, yes, and then that discovery. Right. Oh, it was like it was precious. I mean, now she has many, many moments that she just doesn't know who I am. She'll ask me, did you grow up with Mary Jane? Did you go to school with her? She's so busy. I never see her. I don't see her anymore. You know, it's been so long. Mm. Um, But that was one of the, you know, it was in the beginning of that for me. Mm. And so, but people um, took to the video in a way, in many different ways. And a lot of it was, it was heartbreaking for people. And for me, yeah. It didn't feel heartbreaking. It felt I could be in that same space with her where mm. she was sort of celebrating the discovery of her daughter that she thought she hadn't seen in months. Mm. Okay. Right. So it was just happy. And yeah. I was, it, I was elated and it felt like a moment of joy. And I don't think I would have seen it that way. Yeah. Two years ago. Right. I think I would have, I would have allowed that to feed the story of, oh, everything is just hard. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say it's not hard. I don't want to discount dementia being hard. 
and and doing all the things that I'm doing because I don't know how I'm spinning all the plates that I'm spinning. It's freaking hard, you know? Yeah. Um, But I did, I wasn't in a space in that moment of it being hard. I was in a very different space because I think I could be with her Mm. in that moment. And um, that's what sort of this, this journey has become Mm. for me. And it's, that's, again, she's like a lot of material for me, Mm. for my growth. Um, It's, it's pretty, it's It's so beautiful, MJ. And just something that is occurring to me as you've been talking is that you're, you are such a seeker of love. Mm. You genuinely seek love. And that moment where you said, and you signed it, unfortunately, this is just audio. So my listeners can't see you, but you signed birth. I birthed you. And then the look that came upon you reenacted on your mom's face, like to feel that love from your mom yeah. is so deep and so healing on so many levels. And so, and yes, the dementia is existing. All of this is happening at the same time, but like, because of the work that you've done mm-hmm. on yourself and with your spirit and all that, you were able to access that. And that is remarkable. Oh, I'm really grateful for that. I really am very, very um, happy that I I can experience that with her. I do feel like you know, when my parents, when it's their time, I feel like I, I will be able to look back and say, I was, I really treasured, you know, despite how busy my life is. And trust me, it's busy. And there's days I'm like, I can't, I can't do this business anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm sending the email. Okay. As of yeah. September 1st, you know, 2019, <laughs> I will, you know, I, I, I replay that scenario over and over again in my mind. And I want to give up and I want to quit. And I, and I just want to like go sit in the field and sob and pick a daisy and like, you know, and just be numb to like, Oh, yes. Yes. Um, But I feel like the way, even how I hug my father, my father's now immobile. He can't walk. He has something called progressive supranuclear palsy, ugly disease. Mm. I can't say it's, it's beautiful. There are beautiful moments of, the connection that we have as a result of him allowing him to uh, uh, him allowing me to help him. Mm, right. Yes. That is magical and yes. powerful and yes. life changing. And so now I, you know, when I have to pick him up, we yeah. have to have two people working with him to get him dressed. I have to pick him up and I'm holding my dad and my arms are around him and his arms are around mm. me. And, and we can't speak to each other because he's deaf. So I can't see his face because mm. his head is on my shoulder. Mm. We have never embraced each other in that way. Mm. So every time I pick him up and I'm just holding him so he can keep his balance, I'm hugging him. Mm. And I am just taking in all of his daddy love that I know that he feels in that moment, right? Mm. That daddy, daughter, like nobody has this. Nobody has this like we have it. You know, this is ours. And it's that that's been special, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm a seeker of love. I love love. I mean, I really do. It's it's the thing. That is just profound. Well, MJ, I mean, I I don't want to end our conversation, but it's time for me to kind of start my wrap up and do the questions that I normally do. But I just have to say that Jen Pasteloff, when I told her that I had scheduled our my session with you, she said, and I quote, "Get ready to have your mind blown." And let me tell you something, sister, you did not disappoint. Jen, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. What a yeah, I, am, I am so honored to know you now. And um, oh, just thank you for sharing this, this bit of yourself with me and with our, my listeners. 
So, okay. So what happens now is I ask you three questions that I ask every guest and then we go into a fun little lightning round. So the first question, MJ, is what do you think about when you hear the word MILF? Wow. I get anxiety, right? I'm like, oh gosh, you know, or uh, people, um, I get anxiety about, about the word MILF. Again, that goes back to some of my own fears and perception right? Uh about perception. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind, right? You know, full disclosure. The second thing that comes to my mind, I can't help but to go back. I never actually saw the movie, right? So I never Uh saw the movie. But I remember standing in the main mall doing I, I for a little while I was in radio and I remember standing there doing a, um, a gig for a radio show. And and I remember that one of the, the on air personalities saying, wow, so you have a teenage son. His friends must think you're a milk. Whoa. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. So I think of that scenario, you know, where he I sure. actually learned from him what that was. Sure. And, um, you know, empowerment. Mm-hmm. I think empowerment, um, that's really what comes to mind after going through that flurry of mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. those memories and, you know, empowerment. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? I've changed my mind about the fact that I can change my, that I, I can't change my mind, right? Mm-hmm. So I can, I can. Mm-hmm. I've also changed my mind about the idea of everything has to be positive. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to give that perception. I don't want people to think that I am perfect and that everything is great in my life because it's not. And I cry and I weep. And there are times I'm in a fetal position in my car because I actually enjoy that process, but it's hard, yeah. right? So yeah. changing my mind about not being able to change my mm. mind. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the thought that I'm not smart. I thought for a long time I wasn't smart. Mm. I'm smart. I am. Yes. I changed my mind about that too. Yes. Yeah. How do you define success? Self-discovery, the the process, um, embracing the journey, uh, every every step of the way, allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to be, Mm. you know, aligning with your sacred purpose, all of that, that whole process Mm. to me. Yeah. Okay. Lightning round of questions. Okay, go. Ocean or desert? Ocean. Favorite junk food? Whoopie pies. Do you know what that is? <gasps> Whoopie pies. Oh my God. So good. So good. So good. Uh, <laughs> movies or Broadway show? Movies. Daytime sex or nighttime sex? Anytime my daughter's not in the bed. <laughs> yeah. We have, you know, we, we have a family bed. So. Yeah. <laughs> Texting or talking? Talking. Unless it's business, I prefer to text. Yeah. Cat person or dog person? Dog. Have you ever worn a unitard? Is that the is that like the full body thing? Full body, it goes, babe. Down to your, goes down to your ankles. Goes too? down to your ankles. I have never worn a unitard. I've worn one oh. of those like bodysuit things. Okay, no unitard. Shower or bathtub? Shower uh, in the morning and bathtub at night if I had a really good bathtub. Mm. Yeah. Ice cream or chocolate? Chocolate. Oh dang! Ice cream. <laughs> Wait, ice cream with peanut butter and chocolate on it. Yes, yeah. girl. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at ping pong? Ooh, I would say a three. Okay. What is your biggest pet peeve? Inauthenticity. Um, people who aren't willing to go there. Mm. Yeah, I would say, oh, moments when I mm. am not authentic. Mm. You know, that's, that's a pet peeve. When, mm. when I'm not, when I'm, when I'm afraid, when I'm being held back by something. Mm. And so therefore I'm not authentic. Yeah. Mm. Hence it being a pet peeve with, when other people do it, right? 
If you could push a button and it would make everyone in the world 7% happier, but it would also um, place a worldwide ban on all hairstyling products, would you push it? Yes. Superpower choice, invisibility, ability to fly, or super strength? Super strength physically? Yes. Oh, ability to fly. I love flying. Mm. I dream it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather have six fingers on both hands? This is interesting because mm -hmm. you you're a sign right? yeah. you're sign language. Six fingers on both hands or a belly button that looks like foreskin. <laughs> I have a belly button that looks like foreskin. It sort of does. You have one that looks like foreskin. It's like it's like. It's like flops over a little bit it does it's all the pregnancies and stuff it's oh like it's, it's sort of, yeah it's not it's it's different so i i like my belly button it okay. looks like worth, i'll take it okay so you'll yeah. keep your belly button I'll keep the there you have it yeah. all right keep that foreskin what was the, <laughs> what was the name of your first pet labby what was the Does name of the yeah. what was it Labby, but I, yeah, it's, it's sort of, a, I don't know where that name came from. Labby, but Labby. okay. Yeah. What was the name of the street that you grew up on? Old Falls Road. Oh, okay. So your <laughs> porn name is Labby Old Falls. <laughs> Labby Old Falls. I think she was a former porn star and now... She's, she's trying to reinvent herself. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, oh my God. Crazy. MJ, you're a treasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with MJ Grant. Join me next week for a fresh episode of MILF Podcast. Bye. Bye.